Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Steber, and I crave content, and I'm joined by Allegra Frank. Allegra, who are you, and what do you have a hunger for? Oh, well, spoiler alert, I'm Allegra Frank. Gave that one away. Um, (laughs) That is um, insufficient. (laughs) That's all there is. Um, Yes, I am a journalist. I cover, I used to cover video games with old Jenna here. That's how we know each other. (laughs) Um, And I cover internet culture, movies, music, TV, all sorts of entertainment and culture sorts of things. I've also done a lot of podcasts like The Polygon Show. Jenna was a guest host many times, History of Fun, appeared on a bunch Mm -hmm. of Slate podcasts. I have my own that I do with my partner occasionally. Oh, would you look at the time? (laughs) So... Yeah, and uh, I'm a, I'm a cat mom. <laughs> that's my that's my role. <laughs> I love I love a podcast that has an irregular schedule because mm-hmm. then it's not like I, I get this sometimes when I sign up for newsletters where I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait for this newsletter, and when it shows up, I'm like, homework. Fuck <laughs> this. Every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. Are you kidding me? Uh, but when it's a random schedule, I say this on my regularly releasing Monday podcast. But <laughs> I know <laughs> when it's when it's on a regular schedule, and I see that it, it shows up in my podcast app, I'm like, oh boy, a treat. I get to listen to Allegra today. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. nice. It's that's it nice. can be nice. It can be nice for. The listener, it is nice. For the person, yeah. I don't like the work, but I respect that you're <laughs> you're sticking to that sketch. That's that's work. It's real work. Yeah. I mean, that's the nice part about doing it when you're in a like a, a journalist setting, is usually there's somebody else who gets to do some of that work at least. That's true. That's true. What would you say is your favorite medium to write about? And is it video games? Oh wow. Um, <laughs> it's certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not video games. Um, love wow. them though. I really did like writing about music. I don't really do it very much anymore. Hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of it is like, I don't want to say dumb because it's not, but it's like pulling out of my butthole because I don't know anything about music. I can't read music. <laughs> I cannot play it. And I not I don't know enough words to adequately describe it. Like <laughs> You're putting words to music like that does, you know, it's like inherently wrong. But I thought it was a fun puzzle to write about what people are listening to or what kind of music I like and how to sort of sell other people on it. I thought that was really fun. So I liked doing that. Should do it more. Sounds like you like a challenge. Sounds like that was like pushing the boundaries of your mm-hmm. skills, which are already magnificent. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe we'll luck out and get musical again, which came up in the last episode, but which was abandoned wholeheartedly quickly. Oh. And then we can ruin music for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kill my loves. Kill my darlings. <laughs> uh, would you say you have like a favorite kind of game genre? Like what kind of games do you like to play the most? I am a role playing girl, I think, but like specifically JRPGs. I don't really like mm-hmm. anything that's kind of like open or I don't really like crafting. I, I mostly like mm. turn based kind of battles. So, like Persona, which does have sort of like, you know, social links and stuff, but it's very much yeah. like you have your overarching story, you have your set characters that are decided for you, and then you have your turn-based battles that are like 
adherent to the story happen pretty linearly. I like that kind of stuff. I also think Nintendogs is like one of the five <laughs> greatest games ever made. Like I love <laughs> Nintendogs as a medium, a genre, an art. I would say that is the kind of game I play. It is Nintendogs uh, and Animal right. Crossing, those sorts of Really things. tying back in with the cat mom vibe. <laughs> I, I know. I'm not a dog mom, but the dogs in Nintendogs are very cat-like, I think, in a way. <laughs> they don't really, Nintendo doesn't really make those games anymore, right? Like, they haven't made a Nintendogs or cats. No, they had, so they had Nintendogs on the DS in 2005, and then Nintendogs plus cats on the 3DS. I forget exactly what year. And that was the last one. And it was, I mean, it must have been wow. a decade ago, maybe. I've been, I, there was a point where I was counting down how many days it had been since Nintendogs came out. I have stopped, but it was like 600 <laughs> when I stopped. What an incredible way to punish yourself. Yeah, it's <laughs> very much. It's like I have that, you know, chalkboard and it's like days since Nintendogs and I'm waiting to reset it to zero and we're never resetting it, I think. Yeah. It seems really unlikely, which is a shame because I, I also remember really liking those games and also cats. C-A-T-Z, you <laughs> oh, remember? Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh That was the first game I ever modded. That's how I, that's like a wow. pretty significant like way that I understand how computer systems work is because I tried to mod cats. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. That's, that's so telling. That says so much about you in a really good way that I like. <laughs> uh, it also feels like it says something about like, games and gender in a way where it's like i wasn't into modding sonic or i don't know what I, boy games i was like i like mm -hmm. to play cats because you play with kitty cats but i want garfield to be in it so i'm gonna mod <laughs> it so garfield is in it we need more people like you because that's nintendogs would still be around i think if there were more people I, it's like just, you. it is shocking to me that this is a genre that just doesn't exist anymore I or know. like aquarium buddies or like any mm -hmm. of those kind of games where you're like you just got a little friend. <laughs> yeah, you're like taking care of something cute, you know, and yeah. it can't die. So the stakes are lower, but like it still emotionally yeah. feels very intense. And that's the whole game. There's not also an RPG where you're making them fight other creatures or like yeah. there's no there's yeah. no survival elements or other other turn-based battle elements. It's just the part where you get to care and love the thing. Exactly. Although now that we're thinking about it, my cat just took a big dump and it smells awful. And now I'm like regretting the whole thing. Because um, <laughs> you're locked in here. You can't leave your headphones behind. You're I locked know. in this podcast. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. And like my desk is right now next to the litter box, which is also ill-advised. Still love cats, but you know what? Less, less of a dream than I was making it sound. This is a, a more of an argument for a digital pet because digital pets poop yeah. don't stink. <laughs> That's um, true. Exactly. You know what? This is why Nintendogs is the best game. I need that. Uh, all right. Well, Digital Pet Sim is not on my ingredients list, but it certainly well could be by the end of this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Let's keep that back of the head. Yeah. Uh, so let me, I'm going to roll my dice and see what we've got. Uh, for adjective slash description, we've got um, from a former guest, Dr. Moya McTeer, uh, who said it was her favorite word, and that word is squishy. Mm, okay. I'm curious how that's going to inter interweave with some of the other elements. Mm -hmm. Our premise is werewolves. 
which oh. I think we could make cute. Okay. We could do a cute werewolf story. Mm-hmm. And the genre... Uh, the type of gameplay is visual novel. Oh, shoot. Okay, I love this. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love visual novels. That's one of my yes. favorites. Yeah. I also love visual novels. Oh, good. Because uh, they're low stakes. I just like low stakes games. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, me too. Oh, wow. Okay, I love this. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, all right, so we got Squishy Werewolves visual novel. I guess my first question is, how are we interpreting Squishy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it really depended on what came next, the uh, noun there. Uh, mm-hmm. Werewolves. For me, squishy werewolves, I mean, it's cute. That's like Squishmallow yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Squishmallow mm-hmm. is a great pull for that kind of vibe. I yeah. bet they have a werewolf, a squishy werewolf. Oh, I'm sure. And Squishmallows always have like really hyper-specific names and backstories. Like the werewolf would probably be like MTA conductor Bernice. Like it's always <laughs> really specific. I didn't know Squashmallows had lore. They do. There was one. It was like a cow or something. And it was like, Lorenzo is a film blogger. He really likes reality shows and documentaries or something. It's like, this is just a stuffed cow. Like, it's very specific. Okay. I love that. I like the idea. I was thinking like... um, a werewolves visual novel where there were a lot of anonymous werewolves, but that we auto-generated names and backstories for each of them. Oh. But visual novel kind of implies a set cast of characters. Yeah. I mean, that would be really innovative, I think, for a visual Ooh. novel, you know, which okay. is maybe I, as someone who's never designed a game before, it might be out of my depth. But if you're comfortable with pushing the boundaries, we could do that. I love it. I love it. The only boundaries we place are on ourselves. That's uh, true. So let's not. I like the idea. Okay. So it's like auto-generated, potentially auto-generated, squishmallow-adjacent squishy werewolves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Physically squishy. cute. Yeah. Physically squishy. Okay, so not like emotionally. They're not like overly sensitive. No, no. Um, adorable. Adorable. They can they can withstand a hug and they want the hug, you know? They want it. <laughs> they crave it. It's I the phrase squishy werewolves did send me back to like an early internet fandom thing where it was just like when I'm trying to when it was all like the worst. I can't verbalize <laughs> the vibe I have, but when it was all like emotes, like lots of like cute early emotes and like mm-hmm. everybody used the word glomping cool. and like that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that era. Like I feel like squishy was like such a word with that kind of era of fandom. That's so true. That's what true. it made me think of. That's so true. Like role-playing forums on uh, yes. ProBoards.net. It was all about squishy and XD. Yes. Everyone's saying XD. The XD mm-hmm. faces, being on AIM, having an AIM away message when you weren't at the computer that people could see with your favorite <sighs> quotes from your favorite music. Yep. Uh, that was yeah. me. All of that was me. I'm sure it was you too. <laughs> you was you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, iconic early internet days. Yeah. That's, so that's what I thought of. But visual novel really leads us. I mean, when I think of visual novels, I usually think of romances, but they don't have to be romances. They can just be like stories or like twine, twine-esque stories. Oh, yeah. Do you have like a feeling that you want a kind of interactions you want with these werewolves? Mm. I would say 
I agree. It doesn't have to be romance. I would say my two favorite visual novels are Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> okay. Love it. Yes. And, One of the best. And I would argue this is a visual novel, but it has puzzle elements. Is um the zero the Zeroscape games, Virtue's Last oh. Reward. Yeah, which is like very both of those are very dark and puzzle oriented, kind of. <laughs> Maybe not Doki Doki as much. But they're like dark and abstract. And I feel like it could be the sort of ironic, they're very cute and squishy, our werewolves, but they're in a very dark world, a very restricting kind of world that pushes back against squishy Ooh, werewolves. Their squishiness, but they can take mm. it because they're squishy and they malleable. Can take it. They can take okay. it. They're uniquely equipped, well equipped for a world like this. Ah! Uh, there is a really great visual novel I remember playing forever ago that I think was called God Save the Queen. I'm looking it up now. Mm. Um, well, it's giving me a lot of... <laughs> uh, it is not giving me what I want. It, it must not have been call, called God Save the Queen. But it was it was a visual novel. It, it sort of feels like an inspiration for Slay the Princess, mm. if you played that at all last year. I have not. But it was about... Uh, it was about Long Live the Queen is what I'm looking for. So it's called Long Live the Queen. And it was uh, a story where you're playing a young princess who is destined to become the queen. And you have to like uh, make allies and learn magic or learn to defend yourself and like learn statescraft and princesshood. Um, but your life is at risk and you are being hunted. <laughs> like wow. you, people, people are trying to assassinate you. And so it is exactly what you're describing where it's like, it's very cute and like princessy and like you're a princess, but also you die horribly a lot. Um, because assassins mm. are like poisoning you and things like that. Uh, so it seems like we could do something. This feels very similar where yeah. we could do something like this, where it's like, what are, I mean, what's the werewolf's, what's the archetype werewolf story? Mm. I think if somebody becomes a werewolf and they don't realize what's happening, kind right. of. It's definitely, I, who chooses to be a werewolf, right? Like it's definitely something mm. that happens to you. I mean, I'm thinking about like Teen Wolf, you know, I feel like it goes badly yeah. for them and they want to undo the werewolf thing. Okay. But I think that our werewolves have made peace with it, but perhaps the world is not in the same, in the same way. Okay. Yeah. So you're suggesting that we're playing a werewolf in a world that where like people know about werewolves. Mm -hmm. So they're like, they're trying to find their place in the world because werewolves are, are, different because like vampires have to prey on humans to survive so it's hard to figure out a world where you make peace with that mm -hmm. werewolves are just like cute they're just like dudes <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they're scary but they're not supposed to hurt no you. yeah and like they it, it feels a much more manageable thing where like you're you're just a dude for most of the month and then there's a couple of days and not even the whole day it's just like the nighttime when yeah. you're a danger yeah uh so i think you could have a really cool story where it's about about being like hey werewolves are real how do we make peace with this yeah right because it's oh. sort of out of the the norm in that way yeah yeah okay I'm trying to think, I feel like I want this game to not be too serious though, because we yeah. have the squishiness, but maybe that's just inherently making it unserious. I don't know. 
Maybe maybe the squishiness is kind of in the aesthetic. Because mm-hmm. if we're if we're thinking about like Doki Doki Literature Club, really cute, really adorable. Yeah. Until it's not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe this could be this could be one of those things where it's like um you're an adorable werewolf maybe all the werewolves are kind of like pink and purple like almost Mm. care bear colors yes definitely uh but then and then there is a moment uh where you do horrifyingly like slaughter somebody and or somebody some werewolf does Mm, Uh, and then you have this twist where it's like well they are adorable but uh uh-oh they're also creatures that they are like wolves who will right. hunt and attack. Yeah, so that's scary that it happens, but there is also yeah, the like absurdity of it. Yes, and we can we can build yeah. on that Powell world heat, which is all like <laughs> what if what if pokemon but uh you ate them and they had guns and it's really it's it's secretly dark. I think we can build on that heat. Yeah. By doing oh, cute little totally. werewolves. This is a good yeah. moment for us. We're tapping into a trend. Yes, the zeitgeist. <laughs> We're a part of the it. The zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Okay. okay. I love this. I do too. I like I like this concept. Uh, let me pitch you something that could be part of this plot. So I the plot is that werewolves are public. I think by I think when the game starts, werewolves are a public thing and it's a story about like them finding a place in the world or maybe like i don't want to be boring this is an x-men pitch but like what if it's about legislation no it's not about that that's happening in the background we don't ever talk or get engaged with it very much yes but i think it should be about like uh maybe like a small town where there's a group of werewolves and they're just trying to make peace in the town but there keep being werewolf-like murders and so maybe uh, people are trying to figure out if this is a werewolf, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, a person who lives in the town who wants to badmouse werewolves, and so they're mm. hunting people in a way they think werewolves would. And so that's like the the arc is you uncovering that. Oh, I love a murder mystery. It's not a murder. It's kind of a murder mystery, but it's mostly a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like a detective sort of story here. Yeah, I think that works well with visual novel elements because i think a lot of the best mystery games are like like the phoenix wright ace attorney games are like they're visual novels but they they're like investigative visual novels i guess yeah exactly you're pointing and clicking you're asking people questions you're clicking on the the objects that answer the questions yeah i think that's great i like that idea makes it a little more exciting than the just like reading and choosing responses sort of thing. Yeah, there's a little bit of puzzle elements to it. Exactly. That's what I like. I like the puzzles. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And I like a visual novel that has those puzzle elements in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Is there there also going to be romance, Allegra? Oh, man. I don't want it to be... I don't want it to be a main part. I want it to exist, though. I want it to be there, but I don't want us to be part of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so not like not like a romance that we're playing out, but that's happening in the background? Yes. There are some other supporting characters where romance is crucial to their arc. I would rather facilitate another person's romance. Uh, you know? That's interesting, Allegra. Do, should we dig down in that or is that a different podcast? <laughs> I don't want to deal with it myself, please. 
please let someone else do it for me. I am too scared. I'm going to give you my crush and you can live out the relationship I am too afraid to have. I don't want to do it. I mean, this, honestly, a matchmaking game is one of those things that feels like it would be super fun, but I can't think of a single game in which the thing that you're doing is making love matches. And that feels like a huge loss. Like, how is that not a thing I can do? Exactly. I want to, like, give other people boyfriends. I want to make the boyfriends have the boyfriends. Yes. I I love playing Baldur's Gate and I love romancing people in Baldur's Gate. But to a certain extent, I wish I could just be like... Uh, I, I, I want to pick up those dolls and make them kiss each other, not me and my character. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I would like a way to make them go and romance each other. And then I can just be there being like, oh, wow, they're in love. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's like when you watch like a rom-com or something. Like, I don't want to be Meg yeah. Ryan. I don't want to kiss Billy Crystal. No offense. No. I want Meg Ryan to kiss Billy Crystal. Yes. I want to be a, a voyeur to yes. their love. <laughs> I just want to watch them. So that's happening yeah. in the background for sure. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm Allegra. I'm still a gamer. So I want to be involved in that romance. I want right. to be the one pushing buttons to let that happen. That's true. Um, okay. So this is like a murder mystery matchmaking game. Yes. it's That's a subplot. It's important and we can be involved, but it is a subplot. Yes. I like the idea that it's quasi optional. So if you're like, if you're like <laughs> only there for the werewolf murder stuff, mm-hmm. you can indulge that. Uh, but I love the idea of a, a little matchmaking game in the background. And that could be fun for if we have like procedurally generated squishmallow werewolves. We could, those could be the basis on which we're matchmaking. Exactly. And it keeps it replayable because I think that's an issue with a lot of visual novels, right? It's like the story plays out and you know what happens and you know how to solve it, you know how to solve the puzzles. But with the procedurally generated werewolves, it's a little more exciting because then you have different werewolves to matchmake. I like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess the question is, how would we how would we finesse the matchmaking gameplay? Because mm. like murder mystery stuff, we know how to do that. You, you click on you click on a lamp and you click everywhere around a lamp until you get the clue. Yeah, <laughs> that is the lamp clue. I wonder if it's like the there's one person who wants to be match maked for. <laughs> Matchmaked for, Match and made? they come yeah. to you. Okay, they, they're like you understand. You're you're a detective here. Mm-hmm. You know how to solve things. I got a problem. I got a mystery, and that mystery is love. I want you <laughs> to help me solve that. <laughs> and so they are coming to you, and then therefore you. It's sort of like a mission. There's different tasks that they present you. Ooh. You're like, okay, I need to get flowers. And I, I'm not sure who to give them to. I just know that there's someone I have to, I have to take someone to a dance and I have to give them flowers. I need help getting the flowers. And then I got to figure out which person I want to give them to. So then we're off finding the flowers, talking in the flower shop, and then we're presented with our options. And then it's sort of like, okay, maybe this person likes roses. Turns out they don't. Turns out they don't. You know, it's kind of like a Harvest Moon situation there. Okay. Yeah. I like everything you just said. I love the phrase, that mystery is love. (laughs) (laughs) You said that was incredible. (laughs) 
I also love the idea of a classic dungeon-style quest where instead of like, oh, I need you to kill five rats in the basement, they're scratching up the walls. Instead of that, it's like, I need you to go to a forest and pick five flowers for the girl I like. Like, that's incredible. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what I want in my life and in my games. Yeah, you want somebody to buy you five flowers? I want someone to ask me to find five flowers for them because I am a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> you want fetch quests, Allegra? I want fetch quests. <laughs> um, but I love that there's this mystery element of trying to figure out what the prospective match would actually like. Because, like, you can't assume that every person is going to want to get roses. That's that's mm -hmm. some like basic basic asshole romance where it's just like girls like roses and chocolates and that's what valentine's exactly. day is no. like do no. you like roses jenna i don't really like them that much they're fine they're fine but that's they're not fine you know i wouldn't be so excited about that because as you said it is very obvious you know i wouldn't like yeah. heart a flutter for that no mm -hmm. no i mean especially like the roses you get from florist shops they're lovely but i want like they're like they're iconic right yeah. they're the iconic rose but iconic. like i want i want a smelly rose i want some i want flowers <laughs> that are going to be pumping out a scent smelly. like <laughs> i want them to be nastying up my space with their floral floor floral aromas <laughs> I want it to be like choking my office with with the stink of it all. Oh my <laughs> you God. don't get that with most roses. You really don't. They're very sanitized. Very sanitized. Yeah. yeah. Factory farm roses. No, thank you. But no. this is like, this is the key to romance is, is knowing and like communicating with your partner or or learning like what things they actually like. So like first date roses, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but first anniversary, if you're still getting me roses, what are we doing here? I know. And it's like, you can change the color, but that is, that's nothing. That's you going mm. to the flower shop and saying, what should I get? I got red roses last year. You know, like that's not thoughtful. No, no. You're, you're thinking about romance. You're not thinking about what I want. Exactly. I want someone to go crazy. I want someone to give me a big fat black eyed Susan. That, <gasps> that would be, be incredible. Wild, right? That's why. That would be, that would be delightful. Right? Yeah. If somebody came in with a bouquet of like sunflowers, I would be like, oh my God. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's so that's nice. Where so did you nice. Get these? And it takes some work, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you got to make that effort. You had to make a choice. I just, roses are not a choice. Not a choice. And that's, that's the thing about them. So match, yeah, I like that there's a matchmaking element where like you have to like go and talk to the person that they're interested in and maybe like find out how this person can get their foot in the door. Obviously, you're at a certain point, you're going to have to push them through the door and let them mm. do the romance themselves. Right. But like sometimes, sometimes that opening salvo is the most difficult part. Yes. So maybe that's the matchmaking element is you having to go and be like, so flowers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like baby steps. It's baby steps. You're, yeah. you're settling them in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not like doing that. all the work. Yeah. So I think I think no. that's how it would work. It's like it's there. You're going to want to do it. And frankly, the game will encourage you to, but it is not the main thrust. No. Uh, the main thrust is in the murders. <laughs> yes. So the main, the obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Big Game Hunger and heck, 
I think you'd really enjoy this other podcast in the Multitude Collective called Pale Blue Pod. Pale Blue Pod is an astronomy podcast for people who are overwhelmed by the universe but still want to be its friend. Astrophysicist Dr. Moya McTeer and comedian Corinne Caputo demystify space one topic at a time with open eyes, open arms, and open mouths. From laughing so much, and from the jaw-dropping, and from chatting. By the end of each episode, the cosmos will feel a little less ah, too scary and a lot more, oh, so cool. New episodes of Pale Blue Pod release every Monday, so check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Let me tell you about a fun little game called Lovestruck. Lovestruck is a social deduction game based on your favorite reality dating shows. Play as your favorite TV tropes such as the party animal, the troublemaker, the sweetheart, or the one over 30. Your goal is to figure out which contestants are here for the quote-unquote right reasons, aka trying to find love, and which contestants are here for the wrong reasons and just trying to get famous. To figure out who is who, you'll go on fabulous dates with other contestants and spend time together at the villa. Since it's based on reality dating shows, Lovestruck is playable for 5 to 10 players, and if your group is anything like my friend group, uh, it can be hard to find games that you can play with more than like 4 people at a time. Lovestruck is hilarious to play, easy to learn, and highly immersive. You'll feel like you're really on a reality dating show. You can really lean into the role of being the one on the show that's over 30. Rabble Games will be launching the Kickstarter for Lovestruck soon, so keep an eye out. Or follow the link on the podcast description of this episode to find out more information. Hey, let me tell you about a new tabletop world-building game from award-winning RPG publisher Possible Worlds Games. It is called The Details of Our Escape. This game is played with, get this, dominoes instead of dice. Yeah, I've always wondered what dominoes are for. It turns out they're for this new game that just came out. With those dominoes, you'll tell the story of a caravan of over 2,000 people in search of a new home. What they're leaving and what kind of strange and wonderful sights they see along their way is up to you. But just how many will persevere till their destination, well, that's up to fate. A creative collaboration between game designer Tyler Crumrine, comics artist Linnea Sturty, and multidisciplinary author Renee Gladman. And if you want to see some of that beautiful art and read some of that incredible writing, you can do so right now on Kickstarter at bit.ly slash details of. It is crowdfunding on Kickstarter right now, February 5th through February 29th, and each game book comes packaged with custom cutout domino sheets for ease of play. I know you were wondering, how do I even find dominoes in the year 2024? You don't have to. It comes with them. Again, that's the details of our escape, and you can find that by going to bit.ly slash details of. Is there any sort of element where we need to be protecting the people that we're matchmaking? Mm. Is that too complicated for a visual novel? I mean, I guess maybe it's just for sort of protecting the general population in that sense. Yeah. They are among the people. So they will express some anxiety, but so is everyone else. Yeah. I don't know if we need to specifically be guarding. The We're already doing so much for these people. <laughs> You're you know? right. You're right. We're not their parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? At a certain point, these NPCs need to take control of their own lives. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about 
our main character. Because uh, as you said when we started this, you really like JRPGs. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about JRPGs is that you're usually playing somebody. You're not like making a character from whole cloth yes. and then like role-playing that character. You're playing a role that has been pre-prepared. So tell me about our main character, Allegra. Who is oh, the squishy man. werewolf? The squishy werewolf. That's so true. So something that I feel bad about is that in the first thing I thought about was that he was a he and I don't love that. You know what? I don't love <laughs> that I'm adding a, you know, I, that I have another he main character in the world that's boring, but that's what he is. It's a guy. And I think I, I'm seeing everyone as sort of young. I think I just always kind of see visual novel folks as like young and yeah. it doesn't have to be high school. I think they're like 20-something, this guy. Okay. Prime time for matchmaking. A prime, yes. And I think he needs to have a name that's off the beaten path, but isn't, like, Mm. really embarrassing to say out loud, you know? (laughs) Like, he can't be, like, Braxton or something, which also is, like, crazy to name a video game character, like, Braxton. But... Is this an issue you run into with like Persona or JRPG games where you're just like, I don't want to say this, their character name out loud? Yeah, sometimes. I think sometimes like, I mean, I'm I'm used to saying cloud. It's not embarrassing to me anymore, but I feel like lightning, you know, that's like dumb. It's a little bit dumb. Cloud is fine, but cloud strife is. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) That's a lot of name. That's a lot of name. Sephiroth, like, come on. That stuff's fake. It sounds cool, but it's fake. So I want him to not have a fake name, but I also don't want it to be embarrassing. So I feel like, and I want it to be cool. I feel like like blue or gray or something. It's kind of funny though, because he's like a squishmallow that is cute and probably very colorful. In my head, he's like pink or yellow, but then his name is gray. <laughs> that's also what i was thinking and i actually love that because it is like that means you know in the world that's probably a pretty unique name i mean yeah. it's a unique name in our world i've never met a gray but like mm-hmm. in the squishmallows world get out of here yeah who's gray exactly and i don't even think they're making that association that it's weird that he's named after a different color i think they're just sort of moved moved to to uh <laughs> entranced they're entranced <laughs> so he's sort of this vexing character i think he's a local but he's you know he's he's sort of different from the rest people have always known him to be different and turns out i mean he's he's a werewolf he's a pink <laughs> werewolf named gray so they were right on that one uh i want to circle back to something you said are you imagining all of the characters being basically squishmallows Mm. is this are we making like a neopets game technically i was (laughs) thinking this were you not thinking this (laughs) uh i hadn't flushed out i was definitely imagining all the werewolves being basically squishmallows yeah uh but for i think i was thinking normal human (laughs) squashmallow werewolves but that's crazy that can't be it i mean (laughs) this whole the whole lore and reality here is a questionable of questionable nature but i do think that they're all squishmallows i feel like we got to have them on same common ground in some way i love that are there are there human squishmallows does squishmallow Mm. make any humans Uh, i'm not really finding any which can i tell you is a relief okay they have i found humanoid oh 
It, does that count? That's not really the same. I think that's uh, not really You know the what? Same. I think it is. I have safe search on, so it's probably not showing me any of the human squishmallows because they're just horrible <laughs> to see. Oh, no. That's so funny. Um, they have clowns, which I do I think- I found the clown. Yeah. There's a clown. So uh, There's also like Disney squishmallows. I'm looking at the um, the witches from- <laughs> uh, Hocus, Hocus Pocus? Yes. Is the Sanderson sisters. Yes. Okay. That is what I'm seeing. Um, these are pretty cute, but also like upsetting. They kind of remind me of um, Funko Pops. Yeah, it's really, I'm, I'm seeing some too. I see uh, one of the Frozen girls. It's very Funko Pop. Uh, it's very Funko Pop. Is that Pop. what we want to lean into? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Okay. Absolutely. Really good. Oh man. That I mean it you're really it's really going to highlight the the viscerality of the murder scenes that we come upon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Mm -hmm. It's there's gonna be blood and stuffing everywhere. Exactly. Oh no, this is great because as we were we were talking about this, I think not on recording, but we were talking about Pal World, and yeah. you know, you were saying like it's kind of like a survival game, like basic, but then there's the cute monsters. Eliminate the things that aren't the cute monsters. You know, just yes. have it all be the cute monsters. Yes, the cute monsters. You're solving their deaths, and you're making the you're you're getting them to hook up with each other, and that's exactly. beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Exactly. Yes. So human human squishmallows, werewolf squishmallows. <laughs> that's the divide. Um, I love it. I love it a lot. Okay. Are the werewolf squishmallows, because I, I was imagining them being like pink and purplish and like the same, the same kind of really bright cartoonish color scheme. But since they're monsters, should they be squishmallows, but also with like hyper-realistic wolf colors? Is that mm. anything? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you can say no. That might not be anything. I don't... I mean, it's something... I don't know if it's the something we need. <laughs> it's certainly something. You can tell you're an editor how because of how like gently you 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 threaded that needle. Yeah, you know what? It's something I just don't think the piece. I don't think the it serves the piece. <laughs> oh God, that was great. I feel honored getting that feedback from you. Uh, and and I agree. It sometimes you have to say something out loud to know that that ain't it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was one of those moments. Everything should be adorable squishmallows. Yeah, I think so. I wanted you to explore that though. I think it's good that we established that. Yes, yeah, that's just another piece of this visual novel puzzle that we're we're lying down. Exactly. Um, so we've got Gray, we've got our main character. Uh, are they a literal detective? I feel like they almost shouldn't be. That's almost almost too obvious. Oh, they should not be. They should not be. Are they just a matchmaker? Is that just their job? Mm. And then this mystery stuff is just like they're getting sidetracked from their main job doing this mystery thing? I like that. I like that. They just have a unique knack for uncovering truths and sussing yes. things out. So yes. it, it naturally just makes sense for them to now be detectiving, you know, moonlighting as a detective, but it's really overwhelming them. And that is sort of becoming mm. their, their job. But they are a matchmaker by trade, totally. I mean, you, you kind of touched on this earlier that a matchmaker is just a detective of romance. They're just a romance detective. And it's sort of interchangeable. It's just a different yeah. sort of subject area. 
specialty. Yeah, just the same job. It's all about knowing people, mm-hmm. you know? It's all the same. Uh, okay. Oh, well, I really like that. Okay. And that's such a nice framework that we can go back to when we need like a break from the gameplay. When things have gotten a little bit too murdery, a little yeah. bit too visceral, we can bounce back to just some nice, nice matchmaking stuff to kind of break up the pace. Absolutely. Yes. I love that oh. it's not core to the linear sort of exploration because it does allow you that break versus if the story was broken up with that intentionally, it would probably feel less satisfying, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think Mm -hmm. so. Um, There's got to be a villain. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a villain. Who who is our villain? Who who is the one trying to rile up anger against these beloved werewolves who have Mm. done nothing wrong? Mm. Now, when you are doing a mystery, like reading or playing a mystery. Do you like it when it's sort of like they unmask the person and everyone's like, Mr. Smith, like the guy we all know? Or yeah. do you prefer it to be someone that we don't all know who is just, this is their thing. They are not being deceptive in that way. What What's your preference? That's a great question. I, I kind of prefer the mystery like mystery novel style where it's Mm -hmm. like hypothetically you could figure out who it is like the clues are all there yeah um and i'm just always too dumb to put them together to figure (laughs) out who it is but somebody who is smarter definitely could i kind of like that style of mystery where it's like you start off in the the visual novel and there's like 10, 10 characters that you get to know. Uh, and one of them is definitely the perpetrator, but y- you've got to try to figure it out in the game. That's sort of what I'm into. Okay. I like that too. I think that's a good one. I definitely have played games where it's like there's a big bad and it's kind of like, who, why? This isn't cool. Okay. So I think it's like someone Gray is close to. Okay. Somebody they know personally. Yeah. Is it maybe somebody that they set up previously? I mean, it very well could be the thing of it's someone he set up and it went badly. It did not end well. And now there's a grudge that went to really outrageous, murderous (laughs) levels. (laughs) Beyond the necessary scope of the grudge. Mm. Um, That could be it. Does that feel satisfying to you? I think it could be. Interesting, but I don't know if that's a little too beaten, you know, down the beaten path. We want to go off. It feels, if yeah, it feels like it would make a very small game mm-hmm. uh, because then everything is just like it's just like right there. But it definitely feels like is it something that's personal to Gray? This is, I think, this is a good question we should pin down. Is it like, is this person angry at Gray or are they angry at werewolves? I sort of feel like. I I see both sides being very, very entertaining. I see one side being that maybe we learn more about Gray and his personal connection to this journey all the way to the end where it actually, there is a reveal that the enemy is someone from his past, is someone from his life. And that is what was driving him. But I also sort of like the mundanity almost of like, this is a matchmaker who's just really skilled at this. So naturally, they, they have this like inclination and desire to just help out. And it has really okay. nothing specifically to do with him. Um, I like both sides. But honestly, I kind of think the game should be about Gray. Okay. 
I think it should okay, be I his so journey. Too. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're doing a visual novel, those are are often so character driven. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think that's a good instinct. Uh, it should, yeah. should be gray. It should be gray focused. So where does that leave us with our villain? What? Who is our villain? Okay. I'm thinking, now yeah. hear me out. So mm-hmm. backstory. We slowly uncover more of his backstory. And we learn that Gray is not from this area. He is a recent transplant because he was running away mm-hmm. from something. He Ooh. had a matchmaking process go terribly wrong. Someone <laughs> died. Someone was maimed. Someone was incapacitated. Something terrible happened. And he left. He ran. He was he was run out of town and he had to. He was like, I, I mean, I can't be here anymore. So he has started a life anew. I don't. I think he kept his name because he was like, my ga- name is too cool. I don't want to change fully <laughs> everything. I'm still a matchmaker. Yeah. I'm far enough away <laughs> now, though, where like I'm safe. But yeah. clearly, he or missed- so he thinks. So he thinks. So he thinks. So there's a lot of red herrings, and it seems like this must be someone he, you know, match made and it didn't go well, or there's some connection there. But it takes a while for him to have it really dawn on him. And so we are sort of learning alongside him, recovering these sort of repressed memories of his dark past until eventually it becomes equally clear to him and us that this recurring figure in this dark past has followed him here. And is now okay. killing everybody. <laughs> Can I've got I've got a pitch for the uh, tragic backstory of the match made that went wrong. Yes, because uh, I think Gray probably does a lot of werewolf specific matchmaking because that's yes. got to be hard out there in yeah. the big city. You're a werewolf. You're just trying to find another werewolf, um, somebody who like understands your your experiences turning into a wolf three nights a month. <laughs> so i think that's i think gray doesn't do that exclusively but that's like a big part of how he got into the to the biz Mm -hmm. the matchmaking biz but maybe he uh made just like a critical mistake in a matchmake where he match made somebody who was a werewolf to somebody who wasn't uh, and then the first the first time they experienced like the full moon together, uh oh, one one of them wasn't a werewolf. Uh, I don't know how that would we would finesse that yeah. in the actual story how that happened. Like maybe the person thought they were a werewolf uh, in in a non literal sense. Yeah, and then and then get like gets mauled by their partner because they're not a werewolf and they don't turn yes. into a wolf. I love this. I think that's exactly where it should go. That's, that's exactly it. That's traumatic that's and that's gotta really be so traumatic. hard for gray to be like wow i failed in such a fundamental way at this my job my livelihood right uh, um, yeah and i think that's the kind of thing sometimes i feel like the reveals are a little absurd for me to connect with where i feel like yeah. oh i did it like as a player i'm like oh i i solved the i cracked the code and i'm happy that the game is reaching a resolution <laughs> But I want to be personally affected. And I think that can be personally affecting depending on how we tell it, because that is that is traumatic. I think it's very emotionally, emotionally raw. And I like that. Yeah. 
I mean, because that's, I mean, who amongst us? Well, probably a lot of people. Sometimes you date people and you're like, this person is good and chill. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oops, uh oh. Yeah. (laughs) They're actually a monster. Yes. Uh, It can can take a while to, to get to that moment in a relationship. And like the longer it goes on, the more stressful and traumatic it is when you find that deal-breaking red flag sort of situation. Yeah, just pure devastation. Yeah. And so I think that can be, that can really capture that. And so maybe, I mean, here's the question, is the is the villain the person it, who was betrayed or the person who was the monster in the relationship? Metaphorical. Mm, okay. <laughs> Slash literal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the monster. I think okay. it's the monster. I think, I mean, I, maybe it's obvious, but I, I like it. I like that the monster has retreated from society in a way where it's like, how do I cope with this? I, I think there's something to that classic trope where they, oh, yeah. their, their hate and their pain has festered. Yeah, and they blame Gray for this relationship going wrong because it was their job as the matchmaker to figure it all out. Right. Uh, and oh. blame is such a false concept, but we really, instead of looking within ourselves, really misattribute oh. that pain onto other people because it's easier that way. And so it really, there's psychological uh, depth here. And yeah. I think, you know, and then it affects, it affects Gray as well. I mean, it really, yeah. you know it goes out of control. I mean, you have this situation where they they both blame Gray for this bad situation. And so like, that's got to be hard for Gray to be like, I blame myself, but you can't blame me. Yes. (laughs) He's going to fundamentally agree with this person that like they fucked up. And that's hard. That is a hard feeling to overcome. Right. You feel bad and other people want you to feel bad in that way. Yeah. And him realizing Mm. the gravity of it because he escaped he escaped the situation knowing that it did not go well, but he didn't realize the severity of ignoring the problem. You know, like he could have taken some responsibility here. And yeah, but he bailed. He bailed. And now it, got, it went out of control. I mean, it is absolutely a nightmare situation, frankly. Yeah. It's truly stressful, really mm-hmm. hard hitting. Pretty adorable because they are squishmallows still. All of this, it's so hard hitting <laughs> because it affects us, but it is all sort of absurd and you kind of have to laugh. But then you really yeah. are crying by the end. I mean, oh, it really yeah. gets you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You mm-hmm. go in because this is how it gets you. It's like you, you think it's just going to be a cute uh, Squishmallow werewolf game. But then <laughs> then the emotions are true to our life. They're not true to Squishmallows. I love the idea that like they're just selling this in Walmart in the Squishmallow <laughs> section because we somehow like officially license Squishmallow for this. <laughs> And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We should have read the back of the box. This is wrong. Yeah, we should have had somebody from Squishmallows play this before we let them put our name on it. Oops. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. I I am too young for this one. We're going to open up some kids' eyes with this one emotionally. This is an NC-17 Squishmallows game. (laughs) It is rated M-A. It just, Walmart somehow threw it in there. They're like, it's Squishmallow. Who cares? It's fine. M-A for more adorable. Like, it's all good. (laughs) It was not all good. It was not all good. Uh, What are we calling this game. I feel like there's a lot of potential names here. Oh, I know. I was trying to think about this as well. Now, I love something I love about visual novels 
is that they have absurd titles. I've been using the word absurd a lot mm-hmm. because I think that's just really part and parcel with visual novels, right? I oh, like yeah. the one, it wasn't called God Save the Queen. What was it actually called? Uh, Long Live the Queen. Long Live the Queen. Now, I love that that yeah. is sort of bad SEO. I love the ones that are bad SEO. <laughs> and I love the ones that are just fake, like Hot Full Boyfriend. You know, that uh, like yeah, a is classic. a classic. And it's a pun that only oh. makes sense in Japanese, really. Um, <laughs> so I, I love things like that. But I don't want it to go too into the weeaboo territory. Okay. Because you also mentioned the Zero Escape games. Mm-hmm. And that feels like Long Live the Queen, like extraordinarily on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and and also also uh, SEO dead zones. Not exactly. at all useful for searching. Exactly. And then the thing about Zero Escape is that, so for Virtue's Last Reward, it does have that ridiculous subtitle. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we can do something like Squish Life gray like you know squish life something something really obvious okay but like stupid like not great to google like squish (laughs) adventure squishy adventure something um and then gray's last bounty like it has to be something like that okay gray's last bounty is really good that that you nailed that off the cuff absolutely 100 okay. okay i love gray's thank last you, bounty thank you. um so just really the first part that we need um, yeah maybe i like i like squish i like having squish in there uh because it's a fun yeah. word fun to say moya was right it's a fun word <laughs> it's a catchy word too it's, it's a catchy, catchy word, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we could do something like squish love. I mean, love is important here. Love is important again here. Maybe, or maybe like love squish. Oh. Is that anything? Uh, love squish is interesting. Squish, squishy heart. Squish heart. Squish heart. Squish heart. Okay, here's why I love squish heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's... It's very visceral. Mm-hmm. If you said the word squish heart to me, I would be like, either that is a Care Bear-esque, uh, super vibrant romance mm. game, or it's a weird horror game and it's a very literal like squish heart. Right. It has dual meaning right there. That is powerful. And that taps into so many of the themes of the game. Right. Squish heart. I like squish heart. Gray's last bounty. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Unfortunately, I think it's going to have excellent SEO. It's actually way too good on the SEO, but it's all right. It's deceptive. Yeah, it's a really good title. Mm -hmm. It really captures a lot of the layers that we made in this game that we created. (laughs) I'm sad. I want this game. Uh, this is the this is the refrain of this podcast. We make the games that everybody wants to play, but nobody wants to make. Someone will. Graceless Bounty? Come on. Squishmallow, if you're listening, Squishmallow, you haven't really entered the gaming space yet, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. So, it's time, though. It's time. We literally have something ready to go. You just have to fund it. It definitely fits in with your whole vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cute. It has animals and people. <laughs> Which is your vibe, apparently. Yep, that's it. That's all you need for a squishmallow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got love, you know. Allegra, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> Oof, well, because I can't plug uh, Squish Heart Gray's Last Bounty quite yet. That's mm-hmm. really uh, limiting what I have to plug here. 
Um, yes, I am plugging Space Dunk Oreos. <laughs> what? <laughs> Allegra, what? Okay, the only thing I really care about, and I have no hor- I have no skin in this game, but my favorite thing in life is Oreos and specifically limited edition flavors. I talk about this a lot. Um, and... <laughs> The new limited edition flavor I'm very excited about was recently revealed. It is called Space Dunk. It is chocolate cookie and it is like dual colored cream, like purple and green or something and popping candy in there. And it has little like spaceships on the cookie. And it comes out, I think, January 31st or something. (laughs) But they're doing like... (laughs) <laughs> They're doing a Super Bowl commercial for it. So by February 19th, it will be available everywhere. And I am plugging that because I want other people to get into the limited edition Oreo game with me. And here's a good way to promote that love and fandom. Uh, it looks incredible. I'm looking at the design of it now. It's got like two-tone cream, yeah. mm-hmm. which is very cool with popping candy, which I'm super interested in. You know, people are so into the limited edition Kit Kats that drop in Japan. We need, yeah. to, we need to be supporting these American question mark uh, products. <laughs> <laughs> question mark <laughs> I don't want to know where they're from <laughs> domestic domestic limited edition sandwich cookies exactly on Oreos shop American honestly yeah I'm I'm super plugging those and I want to talk to people about them I obviously have not tried them yet as of this recording they're not out yet right. but I'm right. very excited I I want to talk to people about them, frankly. So I'm plugging that. I would also say just uh, you can follow me on Twitter at LegsFrank and uh, see what I'm writing. But I will be writing about Space Dunk Oreos as well. (laughs) (laughs) So really, in order to get ahead of the curve, in order to keep concurrent with you, Allegra Frank, they Mm -hmm. need to be they need to be eating these limited Right. Limitish uh, space Oreos. Exactly. And I mean, the fun of it is they might be really bad. Like, I love just finding out. Like, there have been some limited edition Oreos that are very gross to me. Like, I have returned okay. some to the store. It's that bad. So it's part of Incredible. the fun, though. It's part of the fun. I, this is, I am going to ask you, what is... Of the limited edition Oreo flavors, what's the best and what's the worst that you've okay. eaten? The best one is 2014's Marshmallow Crispy Oreo, which is... <laughs> I think I only had it once or twice. Um, <laughs> it's excellent. It was excellent. I still think about it. It is like Rice crispy Treat flavor, basically. Ooh. Um, okay. And it was amazing, Jenna. It was so good. And... Uh, I sound good. Yeah, I, I loved it. I think I'm pretty sure they only had it once in 2014. <laughs> I was not expecting you to pull a decade old flavor. That's what really threw me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like literally, I'm telling you, it's serious for me. <laughs> I, and I had no, I've known you for so long. I had no idea. And I'm so delighted to have access to this aspect of your life. Literally, you have known me long enough. And I don't really, I keep this kind of to myself because I, I'm waiting for someone else to make the first move and no one has. So I need to be the one. I need to be the one. Now, the worst Oreo flavor, the one that I did return to the store, I think yes. they might have also only done this once, I would hope. It was Fruity Crisp 
Oreo. Okay. Yeah, it tasted like Fruit Loops, I guess, was the okay. goal. But I don't like that. <laughs> um, it was like chocolate and like, actually, Ooh. it wasn't chocolate. It was like the golden Oreo, which oh, is okay. like... I don't, I don't even like, no, vanilla-y, I guess. And then like really sour, like strong, fruity kind of cream, but it just tasted so nasty and it smelled really strong, um, <laughs> which is gross. Like you open it up and you walk across the room and you're smelling it, you oh. know? Like my cat's poop right now. <laughs> yeah, you want yeah. flowers, not in flowers. or Oreos. <laughs> exactly. Yes. If it were a flower. Oh, amazing. Very cool. But terrible, terrible flavor. Thankfully, mm. it does not. It was a one time thing. So you can't really have it anymore. But good. That was in 2017. <laughs> I mean, you have convinced me. I am getting like FOMO because I'm like, well, I can't I can't try either the really good or the really nasty flavor. Yeah. No, you, you really can't. <laughs> I will say of the ones that are out like that anyone can eat that are, are not just the regular Oreos. I do like the chocolate marshmallow Oreos. Those are pretty easy to find. And so if you want to try one that's not just regular, that one's like... I should, I sh do feel like I should build up to the space Oreos yeah. with popping candy in them. <laughs> I, like, I need to develop, um, yeah. I need to develop my taste repertoire before jumping straight into space Oreos. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you got to learn what's on Earth first. You're not that familiar <laughs> with what we have here on Earth before you go out in space. So do yeah. some test runs. I need to familiarize myself with the terrestrial Oreos first. Ex exactly. <laughs> so chocolate marshmallow, I would recommend you specifically try that one first. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for them. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Big Game Hunger is a part of the Multitude Collective of Podcasts, edited and mixed by the talented Misha Stanton and created and hosted by me, Jenna Steber. To support this show directly, subscribe at patreon.com slash the Jenna. And if you're enjoying listening to it, make sure you spread the word and tell other people so that they can come and enjoy listening to it as well. Hey, Allegra, what's one word, adjective, gameplay type, premise, etc. that you would like added to the ingredient list? Oh, wow. Okay. I want a touch-based rhythm game. Ooh, oh, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good poll. Like Elite Beat Agents, also an all-timer. It is wild to me how many game systems have touch screens now, but yeah. how I can't get one of, like, <laughs> there's no, like, Elite Beat style game that I can play on them. Right? That's so true. Like, even on my phone, I don't think there's one. Like, that's a, my whole touch screen is my phone, and I don't yeah. have one, so... You gotta make that. Okay, okay. I'm 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 in I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. Allegra for you, it's gonna happen. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh thank you for joining me, Allegra. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you, audience, for listening to Big Game Hunger. And don't forget to wishlist Squish Heart, Gray's Last Bounty on <laughs> Steam. Release date TBD. <laughs>